welcome to ADHD Crash Course. Today I wanted to talk about something called mental load. It's also known as invisible labor and why understanding this concept is really important for those of us with ADHD. First of all, what is mental load? What am I talking about? Mental load refers to the cognitive labor, the thinking work that goes into taking care of life. It's like the worry work. It's anticipating what is needed, researching options, planning, organizing, remembering, monitoring, all the thought work that goes into managing life, homes, work, family, social lives. If you are single, if you don't have a partner, this is a lot of work, but you know it's your work, right? Like this is, you know, it's just you and you are the one who's calling the plumber and you are the one who's planning your social events. If you run out of toilet paper, it's you who's going to get it. So that's a lot of work for one person. But what's very interesting is that there has been research looking at heterosexual couples and they have found that the lion's share of this mental load is mainly carried by women. Women are the default managers of life, of family life, of of a couple's life. And they're the ones who are expected to plan ahead, notice, and even to assign tasks. And the reason why I think this is so relevant when we're looking at ADHD and we're looking at living our lives with ADHD is that all of this mental load, this cognitive work, is very heavy in executive functioning skills. I mean, essentially it is executive functioning skills. And this is a group of skills that is challenging for people with ADHD. And I'm not going to go way into the social dynamic and all the whys and the the contributors here, there are people that do a much better job of doing that. What I want to look at today is this intersection this intersection of being the person who is carrying the mental load and having ADHD and what we can do about that to help ourselves, to support ourselves, to change things if we need change. And part of the problem here is that this work is invisible. If you are not the default person, you may not even realize how much of this work there is. And if you are the default person, you probably don't realize it either. You just feel overwhelmed, stressed, maybe exhausted. And it just feels like you're not really adulting well enough, not recognizing that maybe you're taking on a lot more of this mental invisible work. So I want to give you an example that we can apply here and take a look at what, you know, what does this look like in real life? I'm going to take soccer. My son plays soccer and my husband is a soccer person. He takes him to practice twice a week. He takes him to the games. We've just decided that he does soccer. And when you look at that, it's not a small amount of work that he has taken on, right? Like the, he's, this probably ends up being six hours, concrete hours a week that he's at practices or at games. It's not a small thing, but it's not the whole thing. In order for my child to play soccer, there's a lot of extra work that is mental work that is this tracking and planning. There's signups every season. Someone needs to track when that happens so he doesn't miss it and he still gets to play. He's outgrown his cleats. Someone needs to notice that and go take him shopping for new ones. When he gets on the field, he needs shin guards. For some reason, he just has one right now. I don't know what happened to the other one, but someone needs to notice that and go make sure both of his shins are protected. Parents need to sign up for a snack on his team. And that person needs to remember what day they signed up for, how many people are on the team, if there's allergies. The team does a gift for the coach. Someone needs to contribute money and and keep track of that. There are extra tournaments this team will sign up for. There's online waivers to complete. All these things are someone's job. And what sociologists have looked at this have found is that if you haven't explicitly said who that someone is, very often the default will be the woman. And so if it's not 
not clearly assigned to somebody else, you might just take this on and never even think about this being a part of your work, right? So that default someone might just feel kind of overwhelmed because there's so many of these little things to track. And if they're told by their partner, hey, just tell me what to do, it's not a bad response, right? But it's not a great response because the assumption is still that that person is tracking all the needs, what needs to be done and assigning them to people. And so that in itself is already a job. If you are a manager in a job, you're not doing the job. Typically you're overseeing other people doing it because that's a lot of mental work. And so if for whatever reasons you're that default person and you already have a struggle in these skills, then this can have a really big impact on how you're doing. Right? Like how you're doing with life and your perceptions of yourself and your capability and your level of frustration, overwhelm, all of that. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this understanding that this is a dynamic and that we may not realize what's going on, but that it, it could be impacting our wellness, our relationships. What do we do with this understanding that, hey, I'm the default mental load person and I don't necessarily want to be. And before I get into that, I just want to say that if you are single, then there's information for you here too, because you are, you know, entirely the default person for mental load. And so there's things to think about for you. If you are not in a heterosexual couple, I'm, I'm actually really curious. There's not studies that say like what this looks like in other couples, but there's probably someone I would imagine that is the default person for whatever reasons, if you're not discussing it, if you're having these open discussions about all of the work that is involved in different things, then maybe you're divvying this up well. Um, I don't know, but an awareness of the existence of this invisible work, this invisible labor is where you start. So the first step is being aware, noticing that something like soccer has a whole list of other jobs that are not really well-defined. First step is just this awareness. Hey, this is true about majority of jobs that we have in our lives as, as adults. They tend to carry a ton of this mental work, this heavy executive functioning skill work of planning, tracking, monitoring, anticipating all of this stuff is true of the majority of things that we're doing. So noticing that number two is defining this you know, take a job that you're doing, that anyone's doing and break down the mental work. Define what it takes to get that thing done. You know, delegating can be so challenging because it requires this. It requires you to, to do so much of this mental work before you have defined the actual action that has to happen to, to complete the work. Oftentimes with delegating, we're still doing a huge load of work just in order to delegate. And so defining all of the micro thinking tasks that goes into making things happen is the next step. And then the last step is assigning that invisible labor. You know, there's different systems for doing that. Um, you know, there's a book called Fair Play where they take you through step-by-step step, um, an approach to doing this. When you make cards for all the jobs that you are sharing together and you define on this card all of the mental labor, all of the steps, the actions, mental and otherwise that go into doing this job. And then someone takes ownership. There's not an assumed default person who's carrying all these little mental pieces from a zillion jobs. Someone takes ownership of the complete job. Like if it was soccer, someone is taking all of that mental work on because they're responsible for soccer. 
Now that kind of approach wouldn't entirely work for our family because we have one person who travels a lot. And so, but it, it definitely helps bring an awareness. It is not a bad exercise to take this and break it down and to look at ownership. And the thing about delegating an entire job is that then you don't micromanage it. And that can be challenging too. If you are used to being the person that is tracking all of this, that is noticing all of this, you're also used to being the person that has control over a lot of this. So that can be hard if you are the default mental load person to slide something off your plate and then really have it off your plate. I know that that can be challenging for me. It's challenging for, for plenty of us, I'm sure. So in my soccer example, if I am not the mental load person, if I'm not the default person, I'm really letting go of that and I'm letting it be done differently than the way I'm doing it because I am not thinking about it and planning it. And so that means I don't get control all of it. You know, like if my husband is spending a mortgage payment on snacks, then I'm gonna let that one go because I am no longer monitoring snacks. I have a little cautionary tale. If you are used to being the person that is tracking all this, noticing all this, and suddenly you take a big step back and you have entirely delegated, it can be a little bit disorienting. Once again, with my soccer example, my husband was out of town. I was taking my son to a game. And on the way to the game, we were at a three-way stop and somebody entirely blew this stop sign. And, and so continue on to the game and I'm behind this guy who blew the the stop sign and we go to turn into the soccer complex and he completely cuts off the person on the opposite lane when he turned in and I was like whoa okay and then we go to find our parking space and lo and behold we are parking right next to this guy and I pull into my space right next to him and he flings open his door so I just stopped suddenly and couldn't pull into my spot and I looked at my son I'm like okay so it's official this guy is a and apparently my window was partially down. Um, and so that person heard me. And then my son looked at me and he said, that is my coach, which I had not known because this had been entirely delegated out of my thought process. I mean, I stand by what I said. He like three strikes. It was, he was being at least very rude that day, but not having to think about all the other aspects of soccer, worth it. I'll take my chances and roll up my window next time. Most of the discussion that is happening about mental load is in the context of partnerships, of relationships, um, but I think it's just an important thing to remember as individuals. We are not used to looking at this aspect of our responsibilities and we don't account for it. Sometimes I'm working with someone who is really struggling with motivation or overwhelm or exhaustion and almost always they don't really have a full grasp on the demands that are on them to get things done. And when we peel back layers and we see how complex some of the things that just seem like they should be automatic are, they can have a more realistic view of what they're managing, of what they're doing every day. There's, like I said, there's a lot of discussion about fairness within, within partnerships, but I think even fairness to ourselves, being able to take an accurate inventory of what we're getting done in a day, of what the demands that are on us are. And that way we can get help, support, and we can even adjust our expectations. So wrapping up this episode of ADHD and mental load, 
there's a lot to dig into here. I'm going to have some other resources, including the book that I referenced in the show notes. I think it's an important thing to have awareness about and to dig a little deeper on uh, no matter who you are, but definitely as somebody with ADHD. I want to make a very quick announcement about my group coaching program, Embrace Your Brain. We are undergoing some really fun changes and I'm very excited. We're rolling out kind of a new format for this group and it's going to be um, a little bit later in the fall. So if you're not already on my mailing list, jump over to www.theadhdclaritycoach.com. I send out resources and I'm going to be sending out announcements about that group coaching program and the cool changes that are happening and when that's going to be available. So, So if you join the mailing list, you will not miss out on that. And thank you so much for joining me today.